for club and you ain't in it full of psychopaths who believe in eugenics it's an evil club and you ain't in it full of psychopaths who believe in eugenics it's an evil club and you ain't in it welcome everybody this is the reality czar's podcast and i'm your host nate and my sorry my fellow co-host here is tony Hello. Uh, we have an awesome guest on today. His name is Peter Panarchy. He's returning to the to the pod. Um, we had some audio issues the first one. I think we got this one all good to go. Uh, Peter, welcome. Do you want to give us any plugs? Tell us where people can find you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, my name is Peter Panarchy. And yeah, I apologize about the audio. <laughs> Last time I was at my friend's house and I was on headphones. I didn't realize that people could hear you in the background, but... But yeah, I'm an organizer for the Mises Caucus here in Oregon. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Oregon underscore Mises underscore caucus underscore LP. We're also on Twitter at LPMC Oregon. Uh, really just trying to bring the Ron Paul revolution, reignite that back into the Libertarian Party, make the Libertarian Party Libertarian again. And be happy to talk about that. But I think um, today we're also going to talk about some aliens. So. Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. I mean, I think we're... We're pretty, we try to keep it pretty equally parts, politics, libertarianism, anarchy, and conspiracy theories. And we're pretty broad with that. If somebody wants to talk about fucking Bigfoot, let's go down. If you want to fucking talk about, we just had somebody on, we just, our last episode, we had on Ken Ami, really fucking smart dude, a biblical scholar. You went deep with us about the Nephilim, giants, angels, demons, and shit like that. It was fucking, it was awesome. The hardest part is he wanted us to keep it really clean so that he could share it with his audience. So yeah. I somehow did not drop a single F-bomb the entire episode. That was difficult for me. I don't think we'll get through this whole one without dropping it. But. <laughs> I think I already have. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. There we go. I broke the... Fucking A. Well, we are excited to have you on, man. So do you do you want to talk some Mises Caucus to get this out of the way? We just had Jacob Daniel on. Uh, we haven't released that episode yet. We'll probably get to that in like a week and a half or so. Um, and he's also with the Mises Caucus. He gave us a fucking great spiel. He's a great speaker and he's a buddy of mine. Um, let's talk about the Mises Caucus real fast. Tell me what you guys are working on right now. Sure. So here in Oregon, uh, we've been working really hard, obviously, to fight against the vaccine mandates. We've been going to a ton of protests. Fuck uh, yeah. Work, working really closely with uh, Free Oregon, Oregonians for Medical Freedom. Uh, the vaccine mandate is kind of like our, our big issue right now. Um, obviously, we're really focused on Reno. Uh, there's a Libertarian National Convention taking place next May in Reno, Nevada, where the Mises Caucus expects to completely take over the Libertarian Party and take it away from the people that are currently in charge, like the Bill Weld, like Gary Johnson, like Joe Jorgensen, like Spike Cohen's pretty cool, but like we want to take it in a completely different direction. We want to, we want to focus on ending the COVID regime, ending all COVID restrictions, uh, ending the Fed, and ending all the wars. And if those are the, those are the three issues we care about, and if you're on board with that, then you're on board with us. And if not, like get in the car and get out of the way, I think as Michael Heiss likes to say. But. Yeah, I like it. That's cool, man. Uh, I'm not a Libertarian Party guy. I think I technically am a member of the party, uh, but I give you guys a fucking thumbs up, and you guys are cool with me. So <laughs> I like the Mises Caucus. I'm, we're Mises Caucus adjacent, you could say. That's cool. Uh, I'm good with that. Like uh, I was an anarchist um, 
ever since I was in high school. And it just recently I decided to join up with the libertarian parties because I was really sick of the, the way it was being portrayed in the media, like the candidates who were being nominated, basically libertarianism being just dragged through the mud and equated with like center left wokeism. It was just not acceptable to me anymore. So, I think what turned me off from the from the Libertarian Party was one time. Uh, I I don't know if he's still like the chair of Oregon. Uh, Tim, is Tim still Timothy Perkins? Yeah. Are you friends with Tim? Yeah, he's, you know? he's the chair yeah. of the party. He's, yeah. Tim is great. Uh, he invited me to go to one of the like I don't know like the annual fucking Oregon meetup in Salem, and like yeah. a hotel over there. So I showed up. And there's there's no way we could make make quorum because not enough people showed up. Uh, everyone was fighting with everybody. Everyone was fucking autistic. The guy sitting yeah. next to me was telling me about his wife, uh, how she was cucking on him. She invited his ex husband <laughs> to move in with her, and she was fucking it. Like, dude, I was just like, dog, I can't even. Like <laughs> these guys are fucking goofy. Yeah, it was a so, big change since um the last. That was a few years ago. And um. That was like okay. 40 years ago or something. So, oh, okay. Yeah, we just yeah, had so. a convention not that long ago in um, Cascade Locks where we actually had, I think it was 65 people show up as delegates. So uh, the highest we've ever had. And we were able to make a bunch of bylaws changes for some pretty important shit, like uh, allowing us to, as board members, because I'm on the board of directors of the Libertarian Party as well. And uh, nothing I say on here should be construed as like um, the belief of the board of directors. Um, yes, but, you are speaking for Peter Panarchy right now and yeah, no one else. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, we got some party business done. They really needed to get done. We buried the hatchet with um, Richard Burke and his his people in the Pragmatic Caucus. And not a huge fan of Pragmatic Caucus and their politics, but I mean, uh, we might as well work together to kind of advance a singular goal. Can you fill me in on this? When I was there, there was a cat that was like, no, we're the Libertarian Party. And he, there was a separate Libertarian Party. Do you know what the fuck they were talking about? Yeah, so basically... Um, kind is that of like, the guy? Who the hell is that? Did you hear about what happened with New Hampshire this yeah, like, yeah, past, yeah. Like, past six months? Like, they basically tried to steal the party. It was the same shit with Oregon, but they did it. was a while ago that they tried to do this. But I think the the Secretary of... They were, they were suing, like, the Secretary of State, trying to get them involved. And I think at one point, like, the former chair of the Libertarian Party recognized Richard Burke's people as the official state affiliate for Oregon. So, and then that's what caused this huge, like, splintering. And then really nothing got done for, like, better, close to a decade. But through uh, my efforts and uh, Will Hobson and Timothy Perkins and some other people, um, Timothy's not in the Mises Caucus, but we really made it a priority to kind of um, resolve the differences and try to get back to having one big happy family for Oregon. That's awesome, man. That's good. Uh, I mean, that sounds like some Fed infiltration kind of bullshit. They're, like, really sure throw throw some shit in the way because, uh, you know, an ineffectual libertarian party is exactly what they want. Yeah, you think about it, it's the third largest political party in the United States. Like, they'd be stupid to not try to infiltrate it and try to control it in some way. I mean, they control every other fucking party. They control every fucking gang. They can control every fucking mafia. They can control Antifa. They can control the Proud Boys. I mean, they infiltrate in fucking absolutely everything. So it'd be just retarded to think that they wouldn't do the exact same thing to the Libertarian Party. You Which know. might be a good segue into how they control reality itself. Oh, sure, yeah, buddy. Yeah. Let's go hard, man. I, I like it. Yeah, dude. yeah. So. Do talk. Do explain. All right. So first, I'm going to start with. Um, <clears throat> I apologize. I'm kind of sick, by the way, and kind of funny. I actually took some mushrooms this morning. I thought they'd 
be gone by now. They're mostly gone by now, but it kind of makes sense for this episode. But <laughs> the difference between um, extraterrestrial and ultra-terrestrial, are you familiar with that concept, first off? Yeah, but yeah. you can go ahead and say it for our audience, anybody sure, so. that's not familiar with it. Extraterrestrial being the idea that these beings are from a galaxy far, far away. Ultra-terrestrial being the idea that they are from higher or lower dimensions than like our, than the one that we live in. So I guess it kind of goes back to, kind of. I mentioned what we were talking beforehand, if you had to describe my worldview in one sentence, it would be a merger of satanic mysticism and UFOs. And I'll kind of get to why that is in a second. A lot of it comes down to like the, the trickster god theory. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with, but it's really the idea that like, if there is a God, like they're drunk at the wheel, uh, they're insane. They're, they're not necessarily like a benevolent creature. Sometimes it's doing it for its own motives or sometimes it's just doing it just for its, its amusement. But I guess if you really want to break down like what the phenomenon is, uh, John Keel, who I'm a big fan of, um, he wrote the Mothman prophecies in 1968. It's the thing he's most famous for. He was in Point Place, West Virginia, when like this that UFO flap was happening. They're just men in black everywhere, UFOs everywhere, like Sasquatch sightings, and then of course like the Mothman itself, and that all culminating at the end of 1968 with the collapse of the Point Pleasant Bridge, of which the Mothman was above it, like when it collapsed. So. That's where that guy comes from. Fascinating. Um, okay. His, uh, his unifying theory, I guess, at the end of it um, is called the Eighth Tower. So in ancient Chinese mysticism, there's this idea that uh, there's seven towers that are be being controlled by, like, satanic warlocks or whatever. Hmm. Um, kind of take issue with the, the imagery there. But there's also this Eighth Tower that's kind of impervious to, like, the human eye. Like, it, he talks about, like, the electromagnetic spectrum, and then he talks about super spectrum. So things that are Out of curiosity, are we in one of the eight, or are we outside of the eight? All right, so the, the eighth tower is kind of, like, the thing controlling everything. It's, okay. like, the mechanism that controls our society. Is like, basically, there's... How he kind of describes it is, imagine, like, a, a radio antenna. Like out in out in space or whatever you wherever you want to imagine it, it's constantly just blasting signals out to like the the electromagnetic uh, specters of like our, our own life. So, so Anderson basically Cooper, everything we understand about. is reality itself is a is is a figment of our like imagination based on the, the what the signal wants us to think. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I, my question was, uh, are we inside of one of these like seven or eight layers? Are we part of that? Or is this something existing like parallel to us and we're oblivious to it? I would say it exists parallel to us and we're okay. oblivious to it. I think it would be more accurate. Like, okay. He would probably describe like the eighth tower as like God and the devil, like combined. But think of it as like the two party system, but on like a cosmic like metaphysical sense like okay it's kind of like we see these two like warring factions that are attempting to like oh we got christians we got like all these other groups you can be muslims and real real in reality like i think that it's all just a figment of um the eighth tower like the eighth the eighth tower created christianity the eighth tower created judaism and islam and all the other religions and i don't know if you're familiar with the the story of the tower of babel from the um, Old Testament. Yeah. Very familiar. I come from a Christian background. 
Oh, okay, cool. I mean, I was I was a Baptist, and I was I was baptized Baptist when I was younger. Then I kind of started reading Anton Lavey when I when I was in high school, and starting getting more interested in that. But um, for for the, for your listeners, I guess they don't know the, the Tower of Babel is a story in the Old Testament where the basically in Babylonia they tried to build a tower that was tall enough to breach the heavens, and Basically, uh, God's like, no, that's not going to happen. So he destroyed the tower and he made them all speak different languages so they couldn't communicate with one another anymore. That's kind of how I see like religion in general as being a manifestation of the eighth tower meant to like confuse us and make us war against each other without so, ever being able to unify. What's interesting is they, I was going to say that for more context. Um, at that point, um, according to the Bible, uh, hum- humanity was one. Humanity was unified. Humanity spoke one language. They were one people. Uh, They had, and so, I mean, I'm sure there was some differences here and there, but uh, I mean, I guess it was like unified as earth, right? And so these people, they built this tower and God even said like unified, there's nothing that's going to stop them. Right. They said that like, if they're going to build a tower to heaven, they're going to do it. And so he went out of his way to destroy this tower. And then we were all separated into different races, different religions, different creeds, different and uh, all of that. Right. And he actually spread us to every corner of the globe, which is which I find really fascinating because, I mean, we just had Ken on on and he was talking to us a little bit about uh, as we were talking about the Nephilim and like pre uh, like how he thinks they were all existed pre flood and not post flood, which is interesting, but he was talking about like, uh, we discussed like different, how different, um, like lore, I guess you could say different mythology, um, are very similar in so many different ways. Like we all have like a story of a great flood, like, uh, cause you can find that in Mesopotamia. You can find that in like uh, native American lore. You can find that obviously in the Christianity, the like Noah's Ark and the, and the great flood and things like that. Uh, so he was saying that, like, uh, he thinks all of those things existed before the Tower of Babel, and then we were all broken and separated, and we're all kind of, I mean, I guess, I don't want to speak for him, but, like, we all have similar stories from different places because all of those stories were related to us. Like, we all knew those stories, and then we were separated, and we we're all saying almost the same stories, but in our own languages and our own cultures and things, which is fascinating. If you take yeah. the Tower of Babel uh, to be, you know, the word of God, like if you if you believe that story, which I do, which I don't know if you do. But anyways, keep going, man. Sorry. I don't know if it's like literally real, but I think either way, it's a good metaphor for like kind of like what we're up against. Because I think like the ultimate goal of people that ascribe the same worldview as me is we want the freedom of humanity, which I think is why it goes so well with like libertarianism. It's the idea that like, yeah, there is this like... Um, not all powerful, but like very evil and very malevolent force that's kind of directing everything and directing our all of our lives. And so, out of curiosity, throwing together. Do you think that there is balance in the in the universe? So, do you think that if there is this malevolent evil, is there any positive good? Is there higher frequency and lower frequency beings? Like, where do you fall on that, or do you think this is all just trickster god on top? I mean, that's the problem because. Uh, I'm a huge fan of like uh, the last podcast on the left and like Henry Zabrowski. I'm not sure if you're familiar with. Yeah. Love those guys. They're fucking hilarious. Oh yeah, dude. That's just great. 
he's always talking about how like the ultra terrestrials are constantly lying to you. Like uh, the number one rule in my household that I tell my wife is like, don't trust the ultra terrestrials because I mean, it goes back to things like, like ghosts and like demons and stuff like that. Like it's constantly like lying about where it's from, why it's here, what it's doing. So we can never really trust them to be telling the truth. But I mean, logically, I guess you'd have to expect there would be like some good beings and some bad beings, maybe like our, idea of what's good and bad is kind of subjective in the beginning because i mean they all have their own motives i think the problem with aliens is a lot of people like ascribed like this um sort of supernatural ethereal goodness or badness to something when reality it's probably a lot more similar to the way that we think how we're not really good or bad we just kind of act in our own self-interest okay yeah that makes sense to me all right so we're talking uh, uh, the our reality is being controlled and or manipulated by this eighth tower, right? Yeah, and we uh, it manifests itself in uh, a lot of different ways. Like one thing that uh, John Keel talks a lot about, and also Jacques Vallée, he I really rec- recommend um, if you want to get into the ultra terrestrial <laughs> hypothesis. Like the first book to do is Haunted Planet by John Keel. It's a really easy read. It's like a bunch of different theories basically that don't all aren't aren't super congruent. But if you really want to get really deep into it, you should read The Passport to Magonia by uh, Jacques Vallée. He basically looks at... Um, the, the cover of the book pretty much says it all. Like, he's got, like, a, an alien, like, gray, that's holding three different masks. One of them is, like, an angel's mask with, like, blonde hair. One of them is, like, a devil's mask. Another one is, like, a, a fairy's mask. So his basic hypothesis is that if this phenomenon is ultra-terrestrial and it can control the way that we experience it, then it would of course, manipulate us in different ways and make it so we think certain things about it that may or may not be true. So he describes the same thing as like fairy lore, like elves, gnomes, like all of this stuff, including like all the stuff you see when you're on DMT or mushrooms and all stuff like that. It's all the same thing. It's just manifesting itself in different ways. So, okay, that's fascinating, man. I mean, frankly, I still come from it from a biblical perspective, like a Christian perspective, but... I'm a hundred percent down with the, with the ultra terrestrials and because how on, how else would we perceive something like an angel? How else would we perceive something like a demon? How else would we perceive uh, God or the devil? I mean, that would be something that is there and among us, but like in a parallel universe that can affect us in certain ways, manipulate us in a certain way. Right. So, I mean, I think that demons are interdimensional. I think angels are interdimensional and I think that they're here among us right now. Right. So, I mean, whatever you want to call them, you want to call them fairies, you want to call them aliens, you want to call them demons. I, I totally am. I'm down with you, man. I think they are ultra terrestrials. If you want to get biblical, I think we could probably even go back earlier than the tower of Babel. Cause I think really when the most important lesson of, of Satanism, I think at least old school Satanism is the, the garden of Eden and the, the like uh, the apple from the, the tree of knowledge and the fact that Eve wanted to eat it and God didn't want her to eat it. So she didn't want, uh, or, or God didn't want us to know the difference between good and evil. So wanted to keep us ignorant from that. So it's, I think an idea is, is, the God head or the eighth tower or whatever is afraid of us like gaining enough knowledge in order to either not need it or to overthrow it. And one of the theories that John Keel talks about in the eighth tower is that, um, what if God literally is dead? What if Nietzsche wasn't just like quipping about it? Like what if the people that were in charge of the eighth tower were killed? 
And he posits that maybe this happened during the 1960s. And that's when we saw such a huge like shift in like our culture and our society and the way that everything was being led. And we started to see having all these UFOs replace demons and everything was kind of different. But that's fascinating. I mean, I, I would have a hard time with that as far as like the 60s being some unique shift and change. Like you could say, uh, I mean, I'm just thinking about it like, uh, like, uh, gosh, darn it. What are you talking about? Like the Enlightenment was a huge shift and change that was radical. Uh, the Reformation was a huge radical change. Like, I think that there just happens to be radical shifts and changes sometimes in humanity, like new ideas are introduced and that just radically change the entire fucking game. Uh, and it's typically not the ideas yeah, that we who want. Who really knows who's in charge then? Yeah. I mean, it kind of goes back to the same ideas of like the Matrix, which uh, super pumped to see that there's a new Matrix movie coming out. In a couple weeks I ago. am and not. I don't know. <laughs> it's either going to be great it's or good, fucking pumped, dog yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love The Matrix. That was like the first and only movie I saw with my piece of shit dad. Uh, and pretty much my last memory of him. We went and saw The Matrix and got pizza. So that has a special place in my heart. And also, it's a fucking fantastic film. Yeah, I really wonder if like um, Lana... Wachowski or whatever her name is, um, if she ever imagined that so many people would use like red pill, blue pilled, and like if that would become such a cultural phenomenon. I don't think so, man. And uh, frankly, oh, sorry, were you saying something, Tony? Well, like this, this, they, they gave language for this world that they're kind of seemingly against, which is just so funny, but they describe it perfectly in a way that we like, we wouldn't have this cultural language if it weren't for them. Yeah, it is fascinating, man. And honestly, like, do you think the Wachowski at the time brothers really were thinking of this in a gender way, like the way they say it now? Or like, I feel like they're just like changing that, like post, I don't know. I don't know. What do you mean in a gender way? Well, That's they're saying that taking the red pill is like, like the whole matrix, the whole thing is about gender. That's what. Oh, no, I have heard this before. The, the Wachowski sisters now are saying that yeah. this is about, it's all about transgenderism. That's like what the whole oh, thing okay. is about. Like, and I mean, maybe it was, I guess. And maybe like art can be interpreted in many different ways, I guess. And so I don't think that, I don't know. It's one of those weird questions too. It's like, can you actually, do you own your art? Can you tell people what your art is about? Or does your art, like once it's made, once it's put out there, it can be interpreted and, many different ways and it can mean different things to different people, I guess. Right. I think it has to be the second yeah. one. I, mean, it's I think it has to like be. Tulpas and egregores, like thought form creatures that kind of just become like their own animals. Like at this point, once it's had in the ether, like it just kind of does its own thing, regardless of what they want it to be. I mean, just because. I mean, yeah. Everybody... You created the Frank Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein made his monster and then he couldn't control it. Yeah, and I yeah. mean, also, just in the day and age we're living in with all the technology that allows us to, like, do fan fiction and, like, the collective energy that people put into these stories. I mean, the ma like, the idea that The Matrix is still, like, a relevant idea, even though it's a movie from 20 years ago, like, that just lets you know that we've been keeping it alive, breathing our energies into it. Yeah. It's just something we really needed to hear back then, I think, that like, which is really kind of like what the ultra terrestrial theory posits, like in generality, that like we are like a slave to like something <laughs> that we don't understand and controls us and is not acting in our own best interest and kind of 
shapes the way that even like I guess the corporate press narrative going back to how Michael Malice always describes like what taking the red pill means realizing that all of the cathedral is a carefully constructed lie meant to convince us to act and live a certain way so I want to back up a little bit and like what are the other seven towers or at least like what like just to kind of get a conception of like what landscape we're in you know, I'll have to let you know when I read the rest of the book. I haven't gotten okay. to that section yet, but I'm pretty sure it just, like, he he uses the Eighth Tower as, like, a catch-all, as, as just for, for, like, the, basically, the center of it all. Like, what is creating the manifestations, and he describes it kind of like how, um, he made a really interesting comparison in the beginning of the book to, uh, like, you know, I'm sure, um, Nathan, you know the story of uh, Saul, how, like, he saw like a blinding white light and like couldn't see was blinded and then mm-hmm. he was like revived or whatever um he talks about how it's similar to like ufo experiences because you have these large levels of like radiation to give you like conjunctivitis and you can draw all these different comparisons between like um running into like fairies or elves like in the middle ages and having the exact same like physical traits and like uh, even in a lot of ways like the same like story type traits like you're always like don't missing time like don't stay in in the other dimension for too long and if you get too close to these people then you'll have like physical traits like radiation burns and stuff like that it's all very like uh similar like across like the thousands of years but okay i I didn't think quite answer your question but i mean i think the eighth tower is the one that we're probably to be concerned of uh at this point how much do you think it's like what we like we're seeing these ultra terrestrials or experience them in some ways. And how much do you think that it's just like what we're perceiving? Like, 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 do you think that we have an influence on what we see on them? Like they're not trying to do anything maybe, or like they're trying to do something. And then it's like, just like there's some kind of interface problem where it's, um, cause I think that that's kind of where I'm at with it. I feel like angels, demons, like, it could be the same thing. Like one person could see an angel and the other person could see a demon just depending on where they're at. Yeah, that's true. That I mean, do. there's tons of cases where different UFO sightings where people don't see the same thing. They see like what the they see what the phenomenon wants them to see. I mean, I, I think that probably they have more control over the way that we experience them than the other way around. But I'm not going to discount it completely. Yeah, but, that's fascinating. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I think humanity is pretty damn powerful. I don't know. Uh, I think that we have a lot more power than we know we do. I mean. If we were powerless over our situation, I just got a freaking car alarm now. But uh, <laughs> where are you at, man? Are you in Portland proper, or are you in the vicinity out there? Uh, you yeah, don't have to tell us your Portland. home address. Okay. Yeah, I oh, live really? in Goose have Hollow, you seen any? No. Okay, but... I know where Goose Hollow is. I went to school out there. I went to OCI. Okay. When it existed, Oregon Culinary Institute, back in the day. Yeah, uh, hoping things stay peaceful tonight. Well, um, that's what I was going to ask, man. Have you seen or yeah. heard anything? I I heard there was some shit that happened last night, but yeah, last night I guess they were trying to burn down the uh, the courthouse again, which it's made of stone. You're not going to burn they... it down. <laughs> okay, I mean, I was going to say, how do they not do it yet? I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm just going to be straight up. Okay, again, disclaimer: this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Okay, there we go. Uh, frankly, dude, if anti- whatever they want to call themselves, book club, 
is the fun way to call them. If book club wanted to strictly stick to pig stations and government buildings, I'd be their biggest cheerleader. Yeah, I'd be there cheering them on. <laughs> just stay away from mom and pop shops, dude. Stay away from yeah. like just struggling people. Like they say they're for the oppressed workers and shit. And then they fucking burn down or fuck up like somebody's like private property. And I'm like, dude, come on, dog. How do you not see them as the proletariat too? Or yeah. Yeah, how do you not see them as a fucking proletariat, too? They're just trying to fucking make a fucking dollar. Like, you should be cleaning and helping them, and then we could work together to dismantle the fucking man. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, they just don't see it that way for some reason. But, like, I I feel the same way. I mean, I, I felt the same way when I saw the Minneapolis Police Department on fire as when I was watching the news coverage of January 6th. I was like, pretty badass. Don't think it's going to work out for you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, dude, I thought it was fucking hilarious. I love seeing the Magtards, uh, like, fighting yeah. the cops. I was like, it's fascist fighting fascists. And what did uh, Michael Malice called it? The Reichstag fart? I think, yeah. <laughs> I think that was him. Yeah. Well, speaking of getting manipulated, though, like, me, I feel like that's what that is in real life. Like, that's the real life oh, explanation yeah. of it. Yeah, dude, they were 100% being manipulated, and it's just oh, fucking sad. Oh, they got set sad. up completely. Like, they basically, like, opened up the barricades, and they're like, come on in. And there's, there's turns out there's FBI informants, like, all enveloped through all those motherfuckers. All the leadership, everything, the people that yeah, run the Facebook groups. Down there. Yeah. This isn't new. It's what they do. It's like they, they always run entrapment schemes, and then they always, like, uh, FBI foils, FBI created terror plot. Like, they well, used to I mean, move with the war on terror, and now they're just doing it with the American citizens. More people need to run read Sun Tzu, and more people need to watch Star Trek, man. I'm watching Deep Space yeah. Nine right now, and I'm watching, like, the uh, like the conclusion of, like, season two. Anyway, I, these people don't need to hear that. But, I mean, essentially, there was, like, a coup to overthrow the Bajoran government, and uh, the coup people people didn't know that they were actually working for the Cardassians because they wanted the fucking, they wanted Starfleet out because if they could, then they could take back over. You know, I mean, it's, it's always like mm -hmm. that. Every fucking violent revolution, like the leadership behind it is just somebody else, another tyrant that wants to take the fucking helm. I you know what I mean? Yet, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's basically like the French revolution. Like they thought that they were, they were overthrowing a King and they got an emperor. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's kind of how it works and it sucks, but it's true. And so if we're going to have a lasting revolution, we're going to have to have a peaceful one. Yeah, and it has to be a decentralizing revolution. I don't know necessarily that it has to be peaceful because I think that like we are at the point where we're definitely being aggressed upon. It's just about like a matter of like how and we when we so, resist and how we do it. But I'll I'll give you I'll give you my little peaceful spiel. And I'm a Christian anarchist. Uh, which means, I don't know, most of us are pacifists. Like, most of my homies are pacifists. I don't yeah. know if I fucking 100% there, because if some guy tries to come into my house right now and hurt my child and my wife, I'm going to shoot you. I believe in the non-aggression principle. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, going to kill you. Like, you come you yeah. come here to hurt my family, I'm going to fucking kill you. It's like a vegan that eats but bacon every now and then. Let me give you the, <laughs> look. it kind of. Right? Okay. But let me give you the, the peaceful spiel, right? So we can talk about fucking Gandhi, or we can talk about Martin Luther King. If now, see, this is the difference between the Magtards and someone like Martin Luther King. Now, they yeah. both were fed infiltrated, right? They were both were being controlled. But here's the thing. If Martin Luther King had shown up down in Alabama and had been like, let's pick up bricks and let's pick up weapons, let's pick up bats, 
they would have been fucking attacked and they would have been seen as the aggressors and they would have been fucking defeated and everyone would would have been fine with it. What they did is they sat there, they were dressed up in suit and ties and they were saying, we want, we want equality. We want, we want peace. We want to be here, you know, and they, and they sat there and they were being met with dogs. They were being met with guns. They were being met with fire hoses. And then it was very clear who the fuck the aggressor was, who the evil person was. And I say that you could not have had the same outcome without that peaceful revolution. And so my argument for this now is like, we need to be taking like a thousand people deep and walking into Costco and just saying, no, I'm not going to wear a mask. No, I'm not going to get your jab. I'm a peaceful person. I'm here to fucking shop. I'm here to be a human being. And you're not going to, I'm like, I guess you can violently take me out here. You can beat the shit out of me, but I'm going to be here as a martyr. I'm, you know, you can fucking break my face in front of a camera and there's going to be plenty of people with cell phones recording this right now. How badly do you want to beat me up in front of the world? I'm not going to fight you. I'm going to, you know, I don't know, man. I think there is something to that. And I think that because like people are laughing at the French, you know, they're calling them pussies and stuff. But like I saw something the French were doing. They were like they were gathering with hundreds of people and they're not allowed to go to a restaurant. Right. Without um, without a mask and without a vax passport and some other bullshit. And they said, okay, they made sandwiches and they sat outside the restaurant and just sat there and ate. And the cops would come and smack them up and they'd be like, we're just sitting here to eat a fucking sandwich. Are you ready to beat the shit out of me? Cause I'm going to sit here and eat a sandwich. You know what I mean? I think that I, and the shittiest thing is like the media won't report on things like that. Like you don't hear about like, like the other day, like Italy was filled with protesters the other day, uh, like Australia was filled with protesters. Like I I've even heard about them manipulating the cameras as far as like, there's like certain cameras that are like running 24 hours a day and you can look at those areas like in like downtown Paris or something, they'll just like replace the feed. And it's just like, and it's just like peaceful and it looks normal, but really it's filled with hundreds of thousands of protesters or they'll say like a couple dozen people showed up or they'll say a couple hundred and you can look and there was like half a million people. You know what I mean? It's like they, they're trying to suppress this. They're trying to suppress normal fucking people that just say, you are not going to control our body. We have bodily autonomy. It's fucking beautiful, man. And I don't know. So you can give me the, (laughs) I mean, I understand how it's justified because honestly, it's been justified for a hundred years. Like if we like, that's the other thing about libertarians. We talk about the non-aggression principle. God damn it. If it hasn't been violated for over like the, like the week after the constitution was fucking written, like you can talk about the whiskey rebellions, right? Yeah, just I even mean, telling the truth about basic things. Like Ron Paul always says, like truth yeah. is treason in the empire of lies. Like our very existence, like as not conforming to the system, like not taking the jab, like not doing everything we're told to do is basically we're constantly in a self-defense mode. A hundred percent, man. And honestly, like, dude, like I said, I think it's justified. We should all, all of us. Okay. Again, this is in Minecraft. This is for entertainment purposes yeah. only. 
We should go to every goddamn government building, every fucking mayor's house, every single fucking police station, burn them to the fucking ground, take every single one of those pieces of shit out, try them on the spot, hang them right then and there, disembowel them. Being a Christian pacifist to be like a fucking war path right now. Here's the thing. That's the thing. I said that that is what is justified. Yeah. That's true. Okay. Now, what is honestly our best fucking? What is our, because if we meet this force with force, they're gonna fucking beat us. There's not enough of yeah. us, and they have much better weapons. And you're a conspiracy theorist as well as I do. We know they have directed energy weapons. We know they have all kinds of crazy bullshit. Like <laughs> they're gonna fuck us yeah, up. Yeah, it's probably better just to stack Bitcoin and like try to like uh, basically try to go off the grid slowly. Like it I, sucks because I, I love living like in an urban environment, but maybe it's because the Ted Kaczynski Unabomber manifesto, or maybe it's just because everything going on. But like, <clears throat> I really do feel like I have to move out to like the country. As I moved out. Not here anymore. I moved out, man. I was living in the city ish. I wasn't living in Portland proper, but I was living in one of the big metro areas, uh, mm-hmm. like over a hundred thousand people population ish area, uh, and I moved out to a population where it's under ten thousand people. I live in a nice little rural district and I'm outside of Multnomah and I'm outside of Washington County and I fucking love it. Yeah, it's, it's great. Awesome. I was it's able to buy a fucking house. Good, I was able to buy a fucking house that like with a big ass yard with a, quite a few bedrooms and a couple bathrooms that like would have been a studio apartment in Portland. Yeah. You know, sure. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, buddy, get the fuck out of there. <laughs> We're still kind of waiting to hear like if I'm going to keep my job or not because like my company may or may not be firing me for not being vaccinated. It's kind of hard oh, to tell, man. but I'm sorry, considering the leaving Oregon altogether, going to Idaho or uh, Texas. Like, <laughs> buddy, place, I'm so. right there with you. Honestly, like I've been waiting for my job to say something. They haven't yet. Like I've got a, yeah. I've got a nice job. I got a weird job, uh, and so far they have not tried to mandate anything. But once they do, I know I'm going to have to fucking either I'll give it like a couple months, try to find another job and see if I can fucking pay my mortgage and take care of my bills, take care of my family. But if not, I'm going to have to sell my house. And dude, I'm looking at Idaho. Idaho's fucking great. Yeah. Idaho's beautiful. Just moved there uh, up in the Sandpoint, which is too cold for me. Like I'm, I'm from Michigan. So, like, I fucking hate snow. I don't ever want to deal with it again. So, if I move to Idaho, I'm probably going to go to Boise. But <clears throat> Boise's nice. Uh, actually, Boise's fucking great, man. Um, it's a little fucking liberal, but, like, it's a tiny little... Li- I mean, it's a tiny town, man. They call it a city, and it's kind of a city, but it's nice. Boise's cool. Compared to Portland, I'm sure it'll be like um, Hillary Clinton to like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Exactly, dude. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, lot. you're going to find your Antifas out there. You're going to find your blue-haired, crazy, radical psychos that want to hit you in the head. But you know what else is like that entire city is surrounded by good old boys that don't fuck around. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's the good thing, man. And like, I, it, it's one of those shitty things where like, as a libertarian we or an anarchist or whatever you want to say, it's like we say that we're not left, we're not right. But like this last fucking couple, this year and a half has made me realize that I have a preference of who I want as my neighbor. Yeah, it's true. And... <laughs> that sounds shitty. Like I'm, I'm walking around, I'm in rural Oregon, and I'll see 
a fucking Biden sign. I'm with Biden and this, all this kind of fucking shit. And, and then I'll see over here, I'll see this Trump with a big American flag and they'll say it's with a second amendment thing on them. And we'll say like, fuck the jab or something. And I'm like, who would I rather live next to? Who yeah, can I have a conversation that with? We have to make this choice, but who would true. I rather have a beer with? Who would I rather well, who have a barbecue have with? A beer with? Huh? Like who could you have a beer with? Who could like, you who have could... a beer with? Exactly. Like, like, it wouldn't like, have yeah. a shitty fitty fit with like, are you vaccinated? Do you have a mask? Um, I'm uncomfortable with this. Uh, did you just say something? That was very, what, what the fuck did they say? Like if you say something, microaggression, but they have a fucking term for it. Like, I don't know. I can't think of it right now, but like, it, anyways, fuck you is what yeah. I'm saying. Like, I would rather live next to magtards any goddamn day. And do I have a, like, are they bootlickers? Yes. Do they love Israel too much? Sure. Are they, you know what I mean? There's, there's some fucking issues. Okay. But goddamn, yeah, do they love God? Do they love guns? Do they, yes, do they pretend to love freedom? Do they, you know what I mean? Like, okay, I'll fucking take you. Uh, like, who right now is fighting against the fucking vaccine mandates? Like, that's basically my fucking, that's where I'm measuring shit right now. I'm like, yeah. if you are for medical freedom right now, then you're my ally. Yeah, it is the most important thing right now, just because, like... This is it, man. This is, like, the fucking line in the sand. If mm, they this get the this, then we're fucked. Yeah, there's really no coming back from this. No, dude. I heard something about Oregon going for passports in March. I did hear about that, yeah, that they're going to try to do a statewide um, vaccine passport, which I could see them trying to do it in Portland, but I don't know what the hell they're thinking trying to do a whole statewide one. There's no way that's going to work. No, dude. I mean, the people in Southern Oregon will say, fuck you. The people in Eastern Oregon will say, fuck you. The people in, in like, the middle of Oregon are going to say, fuck you. Uh, they're just not going to do it. Um, and I'm probably going to have to... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's the part where I either move or, yeah, or do we stay and fight? What do we do? Yeah, it's hard just because I mean, like, I don't have any kids, and I just have my wife, so it's a little bit easier for me to say like what I can do and what I can't handle. But like, yeah, I'm, I want to stay here as long as I can. Like, I got this small business I'm trying to get off the ground right now with some of my friends in the Mises Caucus, so I don't want to leave too early. But that's awesome, man. Time, yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about that your business here, or do you want to talk about, or is that something you don't want to talk about here? Oh no, I, I can talk about it. Um, so what are you doing, man? Enter your business. The, it's called the Neighborhood Squatch. Yeah, thanks for the free plug. But, Absolutely. Uh, it's uh, a security company. Um, so we're actually looking to hire um, some agents in the Portland area uh, right now. Um, basically, we consider us like the Uber of like private security, like for people that don't want the police in their neighborhoods or people that don't think the police are able to do their job or whoever you feel about the police. Like it's clear that there's a lot of people that need like private security right now that aren't getting it. And we're able to kind of like give the private security that was previously only available to wealthy people. Um, we've dramatically decreased the cost uh, by having just like really low overhead and using our app as a way to connect people that want to perform security with people that need it. So. That's fucking fascinating, cool. dude. That's pretty neat. I mean, what are the licensing requirements to like do it above board? Are you guys? Are you guys kind of? I, I don't want to fucking put you on blast. <laughs> no, dude. I mean, you just have to have like uh, your agents have to be DPSST certified. Um, we have to have like the right insurance and everything. Yeah. Um, for for right now, we're kind of just trying to stay like under the radar, trying to like hundred uh, percent basically make sure our app works, get our proof of concept. Um, we actually win. Um, 
at the Oregon State Convention uh, this past year, Thaddeus Russell and Robbie Bernstein and a couple other people were here. We were able to talk to them about our idea, and they seemed pretty excited about it. So once we can get a proof of concept like set up and we know that the app works and we're actually providing security services to people in Portland, that sounds like we're going to get introduced to uh, Tom Woods and maybe Hotep Jesus. So. Fucking hey, man. That's right. really awesome. Yeah, once you got that shit rolling, come back on here and talk about it, too. We'll fucking get you some... Yeah. We'll promote you. Yeah, great, yeah. about it. What's Fuck that, Kevin? That's a great idea because people, like, people will say like, they don't want the police, but then it's like, okay, like you need to replace it with something. Like, you can't mm-hmm. just get rid of something and create a vacuum. Yeah, which, people. I mean, we've got a lot of hate like on Facebook for some reason because like people are always like leftists be like, oh, the last thing we need is more private security guards. Like We're one step away from, oh, you forgot to pay your bill. Now I live under tyranny. And it's like, well, how is that any different from current situation a and b like we think we're just monsters like i don't understand like their thought process here so <sighs> we know what the fuck their their thought process is man it's i i don't even on i honestly don't even fucking get it in so many different ways like i mean you we can talk about the kyle rittenhouse shit if you want like obviously yeah, that was crazy motherfucker was clearly crazy, was it was in clear self-defense man have you seen those pictures of the uh, the prosecutor like holding that AR with his like finger yeah. on the trigger? He's like yeah. pointing it at the jury, and there's like they show one of the jurors' faces, like "Oh fuck, man!" Like, I'll, like I'll vote guilty. <laughs> dude, it was just fucking sad and pathetic, dude. That prosecutor needs to get fucking disbarred. I can't even believe how fucking incompetent he was. Good, Tony. It's not that, but like what I was thinking, it's like, and this is going to be, I'm going to say something completely naive, but the purpose of a prosecutor is like to defend the state and whatever you feel about that. It's like, you shouldn't be trying to get a person convicted. You should just be like, here's the evidence. Is the evidence enough to convict a person or not? And whether that happens has no bearing on me as a prosecutor, because just throwing someone in jail, regardless of whether they committed a crime or not, that like, why are we paying for that service? Like, that's dumb. If I just, yeah. like, something bad happens and I throw you in jail, that doesn't, like, that doesn't make any sense. And we are living in a system where prosecutors are trying to get people in jail no matter what. you got public defendants trying to get people off no matter what, rather than them just, I mean, I get, like, if you hire a private lawyer, they're going to do whatever to get you off because, like, you're their client or they're your client. But if a state is providing something, it's like, shouldn't it just be like, here's the evidence and like, however this lands, it doesn't matter. And I know that's so naive. Yeah. Well, we all know that it's the problem with government is that it's ran by people. And that's our biggest problem with government is that people are fucking corrupt. And so I don't want another person to tell me how to live my life or what I need to do or what I have to do. Right. And so, I mean, all of those prosecutors, they have ambitions of being the next fucking mayor or governor or whatever the fuck it is. Like those people just are like climbing the ladder as well. Like those people aren't, you know what I'm saying? Like those people become the governor. I mean, it made me laugh. Like, I don't know if you listen to uh, End of the Empire, uh, Pete Canonez and Scott Horton's show that they're doing now. Yeah. But, uh, Scott was talking about, like, this episode of uh, The Simpsons where um, Sk- Principal Skinner goes missing. Nobody knows where he is. And they're trying uh, Bart, 
uh, for, for Skinner's murder. And in the middle of the court case, Skinner like comes in. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm alive. Like da, 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 all this stuff happened. And immediately the prosecutor is like, I want his testimony stricken from the record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what, yeah, it's, that's what it like. is. They don't man. care if you're innocent or not. They just, they just want, they just want the money. They will hide evidence. Yeah. In jail. Like imagine we're playing this game and whoever loses this game, like depends on who goes to jail. Well, my coworker dude is normie as fuck. And I, am dropping red pills on him constantly. Yeah. And I mean, that's nice. the big thing that I, that I fucking tell him all the time is like the people that want to be in charge of us, like the people that actually want to be in charge of this thing are the last people, people that, run the that you tower. want. Yeah. Those are the last people that you want in charge. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're going to have any semblance of democracy, let's say you actually want democracy. You and I obviously don't, but mm-hmm. if you're going to have democracy, what it's going to have to be is it's going to have to be a group. It's going to have to be much smaller. First of all, it's going to have to be like 500 people tops. And it's going to have to be like, we're all going to have to vote on people that we think are even worthy of being in charge. Right. You don't get to elect yourself. You don't tell, say, I want to be in charge. You're going to have to be like, whether you want to or not, we're going to have to say, you know what? Tony is a pretty wise guy. He's got a lot of gray in his beard. I like Tony. He seems pretty fair. I want, we're going to nominate him. Right. So there'll be a group of like maybe 20 people to choose from. And then that shit gets randomly selected and it's like a lottery and somebody picks a name out of a hat. You don't even get a fucking choice in it. And I'm sorry, dude. You're in charge for the next year. I don't know, man. You know, I mean, like what Tim Pool's idea is, but I kind of disagree with all of that. To be (laughs) honest, like I I think you should just have like democracy's fake. Like it's not real. Like people that claim to believe in democracy don't even believe in it. I think Anthony and I talked about this the last time I was on. But like, take someone like like abortion, like the most divisive issue ever. If you take someone that's like, I believe in democracy, I worship democracy. If you told them tomorrow, 85% of people are deciding that abortion should now be illegal. Is that going to change the way that you feel about abortion? No, it's not because you think you believe in your rights. You don't believe that other people have a right to tell you what to do with your body or what have you. So they only believe in democracy when the numbers suit them. I agree, man. No, I mean, I'm not, I don't believe in democracy. I don't, honestly. I don't want I don't want some fucking juggalo that you know what I mean to have equal say over how I live my life. I don't, well, I don't like want that some... when you can manipulate people's thoughts so easily. I mean, people are zombified right now through technology, through the eighth tower, however you want to phrase it, but the idea the idea that people are rioting in the streets without even knowing what's going on. Yeah, they all think that Rittenhouse's victims were black. They think that he was a white supremacist. They think he's a fucking Klansman. But just because, like, every, like, in the news media, they're constantly being told the same lie by so many different people from so many different angles. They're like, well, this must be the truth. Yeah, I mean, that's the saddest thing. And, like, we've all seen those fucking compilation videos of, like, some guy with a camera just talks to random people in the crowd that's there for the protest that's so angry. And they ask him just basic questions about, like, what are you angry about? What are you here for? And they don't even fucking know. No. They don't even fucking know. They're just, I'm mad. So I'm here. And and I'm just going to say, Black Lives Matter. Like, like, okay, I, I agree with you, man. Okay, yeah, black black people are very important. We love them too. They're humans. Now, why are you here? Why are you mad? Well, because he's a white supremacist. 
Well, what if I told you he's not a white supremacist? You know, like if you break down any of those facts, then you just watch their arguments crumble because they don't have one. They don't actually know what they're there for. They're just fucking mad. The problem is like they're manipulated. This whole last 18 months with like the BLM riots and the uh, COVID, it's just like a game of like Texas Hold'em or no one's willing to fold because everyone's got too many chips on the table at this point. Like people that have gotten like the booster shot, like the double vax, wearing a mask, they lost the last fucking two years of their life. And they're just for us to tell them, no, you're wrong about all of it. All of it. Like you never should have done any of this. And you wasted the last two years of your life for nothing. And they're just not willing to accept that. Like, they'd much rather be angry and call you a, fi- a fascist and a Nazi than really, like, imagine that they could be wrong, so wrong about all of it. I mean, I, I will say there are, I see some little white pills here and there, and I like it. As far as, like, I'm even seeing people that are double vexed um, that are saying, like, man, I'm not getting a fucking booster. This is bullshit. Yeah, you know, and and I and I'll sit there and I'll talk to him. I'll be like, "So what's the logic here?" It's like, so you are just as likely to get it as I am. You're just as likely to pass it as I am. You're just the only thing is that maybe you might be able to get through it better than me. Is that like that's like the normie? <laughs> that's like what Fouch Dog will tell you. And you're like, okay, yeah. so what does it matter if I get it or not? You know, why does it matter? You know, and then different things where I'll talk to him about, like, have you seen how uh, this is like, here's a fucking article from a mainstream article or or from the FDA itself saying that, like, young boys are more likely to have side effects from this vaccine than they are to have complications from COVID or even get COVID. And they'll be like, huh, like I'm I'm watching people that are fucking vax that are saying, look. I'm just not, I'm not giving my kid this. Yeah, That to me is a fucking white pill, man. Yeah, that is, it is a white pill. And that's something that people don't take into account when they do all these statistics. But like, first off, the chances of a kid even getting COVID at all are so low. And then once they get it, like they're more likely to have complications from the vaccine than the disease itself, if they're even going to get it in the first place. So it's like so many levels removed from reality, which I guess kind of to wrap things back around to the eighth tower, like, um, COVID really became like a tulpa, became like a thought form creature. Like they pumped so much negative energy and fear into it that it made it something so much bigger than what it actually was. And it got to the point where like everybody's seen those statistics that like, um, like Democrats thought there was between 60 and 75% chance that if you got COVID, you were going to get hospitalized in reality. That's closer to 5%. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's absolutely absurd, man. I don't know. It's nuts. I'm talking to, we're interviewing somebody tomorrow that has been very big in like the leftist libertarian circles. Um, This person has like, was very much a member of like the fakitarian sort of group. You know what I'm talking about? That whole. Yeah. Those um, people are so fucking lame. They really are, dude. And um, this particular person, I I don't want to talk too much for him, except that like, they seem sane about COVID. Okay. And because of that, they've been completely ostracized from that group. Like, and it's so funny yeah. because, like, like I've been a lurker, you know, in the fakeitarians group for years. Um, because at first they seem they seem normal to me. They seem like I was like, yeah, I was like, fuck Liberty Hangout. 
You know, that's what it was about, right? Like, it was like Liberty Hangout is a bunch of fucking fascist douchebags. And so they seemed like they were sane at first, and they were calling out Stefan Molyneux. They were calling out, like, uh, Christopher Cantwell and shit like that. And so they seemed like, like okay, these, these guys are actually decent people. And then they kind of started going off the rails, and they basically had giant socialist infiltration. And now they are what the fuck they are, right? They're fucking crazy. Yeah. They're fucking crazy. We start going after people like Dave Smith, like uh, Ron Paul, people that mm-hmm. really have no business Dude, going after them. What yeah. the fuck can you actually say about Tom Woods? Dude, Tom Woods is fucking right. dude. Catholic conservative, he's, like father of seven. He's, he's like the man, dude. Fly. Yeah. Tom Woods is the goddamn man. Tom Woods is fucking brilliant. He's fucking consistent. He's a fucking great person. Like, fuck you if you're going to shit on Tom Woods. And... I, dude, I just, to me, that's where I was like, okay, well, fuck these guys. And anyway, so folks who we're talking to tomorrow, they seem the sanest of that group. And I'm really excited to actually talk to them. They seem like, like some fun people. So I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to see where they're coming from, but. Yeah, I'll have I, to check that out. I'm gonna, curious to hear like uh, who they're going to be supporting for president this time around. I like, don't think these guys Smith. like Dave Smith. I'm pretty sure they yeah. don't. They're still no, I'm sure not. Yeah, but yeah, I wonder who else even is going to run. So they love. I know this. I don't want to talk too much about this person. I know that they. I, I think that they are working for Spike Cohen. Oh, okay. Um. Well, so I, I, I like Spike Cohen. I yeah, mean, I really like Spike Cohen. Smith, but... Um. Dude, to me, Spike Cohen is fucking great. I think he's a fucking brilliant dude. Um, I think that a lot of why you were hearing, uh, or, or I think a lot of the negative things about Spike Cohen during the election were basically because he was tied to fucking what's her name. And yeah, I think that's fair. And and honestly, dude, I would have done the same thing as him. It's like if I'm being part of this election, right, and I'm like tied to this person, I'm not going to throw my teammate under the bus like during the election. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get why he was the way he was and where he was coming from. And I'm glad that obviously uh, that didn't work out. (laughs) It was a failed fucking, it was pathetic. And Joe Jorgensen went down in flames and everybody knows that it's a goddamn joke. And it was one of like the worst, one of the biggest opportunities this party's like really ever blown. Well, yeah. I mean, yes so and no. I mean, I liked I like Hornberger, dude, but he was so goddamn boring. Yeah, but he no, was he meant, was like, not like, the guy to do it, man. I Jacob Hornberger is very consistent. He's very fucking smart. He's a good libertarian. He just he was he wasn't the guy. He didn't have yeah. to me. I just I didn't see it. Like I had heard enough interviews with him. I was like, he's a hell of a lot better than Gary Johnson. He's yeah. a hell of a lot better than Joe Jorgensen. Not saying much though, <laughs> but exactly that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, who the fuck were we talking to, Tony? I think we were talking to Sal uh, when <laughs> he said that, like, um, that even if you get in, they're just going to change the rules on you. That, like, I guess Gary Johnson had, had enough votes to make it to the debates, mm-hmm. right? And they were like, they just changed the rules so Gary couldn't debate. And I was like, that was probably the best thing that ever happened. having Gary Johnson up there with Libertarian Party right there and having him up there debating would have been a fucking hot mess because you know they would have treated him like shit those lights yeah yeah dude you know that they would have been aggressive with him and that he didn't he would he didn't have that like Dave honestly he'd be fucking ready 
Yeah, Dave would be Dave fucking Smith great. Would be unflinching, like if he ever like was able to be in that position. That's why I think this campaign is going to be so badass if it turns out the way that I hope it does. I think. I mean, I yeah. I honestly, I don't care who gets mad at me or whatever. Uh, yeah, I think Dave Smith is going to do a fucking great job. I I really I'm fucking I love Dave Smith. Dave Smith is actually who red pilled me and turned me on to libertarianism back in like 2015. I oh, yeah. was a big fan of uh, Legion of Skanks. Okay. And that's where, and I was like your typical fucking Bernie bro, douchebag, socialist, uh, leftist faggot. And, uh, and then I, I heard him on Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank. Do you ever hear that? Okay. I, I don't know if you're familiar yeah. with that show. State they of the do, Union? Yeah, the State of the Union address. And I think it was either the first or second one he ever did with him. And uh, he just red-pilled the f- fuck out of me i was like holy shit and then from there it just like then i he turned me on to fucking tom woods he turned me on to jason stapleton he turned me on to stefan molyneux he turned me on to all these different people and then i started reading marie rothbard and then it was it was a fucking rap for me i was a fucking ancap from there and i mean i don't i don't really call myself an ancap anymore but i am obviously a libertarian yeah dave smith is fucking brilliant dude like every I fucking time I hear him him. on one of those news shows, whenever they put him on one of those, dude, he's fucking bringing heat. Yeah. He's fucking great, dude. And like, I know that like you had some of the more like black pilled or King peeled people on your podcast, which I just, I can't get around that perspective. I mean, if anything, I totally understand that these people are cowards. They don't want to fight the state. Just let us do it. You'll get in our way. Do you you think that's um, what they're saying? Cause it's not. That's not what they're saying at all. That's the impression that I've gotten. Like, (laughs) I hear one more nerd talk about the IFSR on. It's like, motherfucker, this is real life. Like, I have to have a vaccine to go to go to restaurants in like most cities in the United States. Like, the IFSR on is fucking looking at us right now. (laughs) I mean, that's not what they're saying at all. But that's okay. Um, And it's due to me the way it is. It's like I'm glad that they are doing something because they are. They're doing stuff, yeah. and I'm glad that the agorists are doing stuff. I'm glad that the Mises Caucus are doing stuff. I'm glad that the voluntarists are doing stuff. I'm glad that the free state is doing stuff, and I'm glad that we're all fucking putting our swords in the fucking fire together, whether or not we yeah, get along. That's true. So yeah, I think we need a lot of different strategies. Um, I think that the ISR on is honest. I will agree with you there that there's we're not avoiding that anytime soon. Or so. Um, but yeah, I think we need just a lot of different strategies rather than like one master strategy. Well, the yeah, more decentralized we are, I think that the more chance we got, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's harder to fight. Uh, like that's the nature of guerrilla warfare, really. I mean, just having a lot of different entities that you have to combat rather than one centralized. Like our government's really good at taking down giant power structures. And yeah, having one person to fight, like if it was just the LPMC, they're gonna, then you guys are going to be easy fucking pickings. They're going to yeah, fucking, they are going to put that goddamn ISR on directly on you guys and they're going to fuck you up. Like if they have to send a, a few thousand feds to come and pretend to be fucking libertarians and come and take over fucking parties, they will. They'll fucking do it. Yeah, like that's and, true. I, that's just what it is, man. And that's why I'm glad the crypto the crypto anarchists are doing their thing. I'm glad that the fucking agorists are doing their thing. I'm glad that the Free State Project is doing their thing. Like, we all got to fucking fight together. Agreed. 
Like, uh, that's one thing that our group has always been so well known for is just like the constant infighting, which, uh, which is probably why we never really get anywhere. But Tony, did you set your mic down? Yeah, they have vibration. Yeah, I heard that fucking shit <laughs> the second you did it. All right. All right, man. So let's talk about uh, ultra terrestrials a little bit. I, I also heard you. So I listened to the time that you were on here before and you were talking about China. And dude, you said the exact same thing that I did. Like essentially uh, when I hear the worst things about fucking China, it's always coming from a crazy right wing source. Right. And it's always trying to uh, create this fucking like enemy, like the great fucking enemy that is China. And I see that as China. more fucking China. Yeah, I see that as more fucking, uh, just more divisive, more fucking. They want us, they want that fucking Cold War enemy desperately. So they have something that we can build up against, right? So that's that we the problem can... is the same thing with like the Soviet Union, like back in the day. Like to all uh-huh. these like hardcore right wingers, just communism work or does it not work? Because if it doesn't work, then China's system is going to crumble. Which is kind of like what it seems like is happening right now with, with Evergrande and all like their housing markets and all this stuff and how they have like these ghost cities that no one's living in. I think that definitely uh, China is like all bark and like no bite. Like I, I don't think that like they really pose a threat to the United States like all. I think they're just trying to like basically gin up like this anti-Chinese sentiment in order to like sell more guns and sell more F-16s and justify like ever largening military 100%. budgets. Well, here's I don't the think thing: it's seriously entertaining going to war with them. I think it's I, more of just like that. Well, I agree with you, man, and and I think that they have serious teeth. I think they could bite, but I think that they're a regional biter. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and they're happy where they're at, and maybe they want like Taiwan. Maybe they want like maybe they want the Philippines or Japan or something. But I don't. They're not fucking gonna come over here. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying? It, it's like what Scott Horton always says is they've got an enemy on every border, like every direction you look, they got someone that doesn't like them. Whether it be like the Vietnamese, like the Laotians, the Mongols, like the Japanese, like they have nowhere to go if they're going to try to expand their empire. And not to mention their entire society is collapsing, anyways, because they have a negative population rate. Like they think by 2070, I think that so does um, America. We're yeah. fucking dying out. Peter and Tony, you need to start having babies. I'm doing it. <laughs> we need to start fucking cranking them out and start teaching them. Right. I just have twice as many babies for all mm-hmm. of us. Well, my wife wants four, so we'll see what happens. I agree with that somewhat, like militarily, but I think culturally, I mean, we're, we're getting a social credit system here. Well, it's here's the thing: is Tony. I don't think it's the Chinese that are in charge, right? So whatever, like it, what Peter wants to say, as far as like the Eighth Tower or yeah. whoever's actually in charge of this, like I think that they try things out different places. Like I think that China is like where they fucking start these things. Like I think they started that that social credit system there, and they're trying well, to work the fucking police out. Huh? Have you ever listened to like uh, I can't remember the guy's name? No, it's fucking real, dude. Show. It's never been implemented. Like, uh, it, that's what the, I can't remember the guy's name that was on Pete's show, but like they've talked about it, uh, but they've never actually done anything with it. There's a lot of things about China that we're led to believe that just factually just aren't true at all. Like, um, 
especially when it comes to like business regulations and stuff like that, it's supposed to be far easier to start a business in China than it is in the United States. Well, it's such a big fucking country, dude. The social credit system is not something that is nationwide over there. It's in like certain cities. That's why where I'm saying it's like, like in maybe in Beijing, maybe in uh, Shenzhen or whatever that fucking city is, they they do have like full central control over those, and they have like a fucking smart city basically, kinda where it's very heavily surveillanced. And if you like jaywalk, they put your fucking face on a skyscraper and shame you and shit. And there are people right now. I mean, okay, now granted. This is from what I'm hearing, so it might be from a right-wing source. It might be, you know, whatever it is, because I'm not in China. I don't know. But as far as, like, there are certain people that are, you're not allowed to take public transportation anymore. You're not allowed to buy fucking plane tickets. You're not allowed to move from province to province and things like that. Because That's basically the case in our society, too. With the yeah, that's, but that. that's what yeah. I'm saying, though. It's <laughs> like they started over there. That's their test run. Yeah. And they're working the kinks out. And they're getting better at it. AI is just getting stronger. Like the technocracy is just fucking getting there. And they're trying to fucking put the claws in. And so like, honestly, this is something that I've been thinking a lot about as far as like the vaccine mandates and as far as like kicking cops and military out that won't get the jab and things like that. And doctors and nurses, because how else are you going to think about this? Okay. Um, If you know how our military was saying, they want to kick people out that were like kind of MAGA-ish. They were trying mm-hmm. to kick people out that were kind of like 3%-ish. They were trying to kick people out that were Oath Keeper-ish. Think of it, but they couldn't necessarily like pin you down and say, yes, for sure, you're one of those people. We're going to kick you out. Yeah. What is a better way of doing it than putting a vaccine mandate out? Because you know those people are not getting it. So this is like a nice, easy way of making it non-political, even though it's extremely political, of saying that that every single military person has to have the jab or you're out. And so it's a good way of establishing uh, like loyalty and submission and – you, you know what I'm saying? So they're making sure that their soldiers are the, are the submissive ones that said, yes, okay, daddy, and fucking got a jab. Unless you're in Oklahoma, or I guess they decided that the Oklahoma National Guard doesn't report to the president, yep. reports to the, the governor. So, Well, I, those, those are the white pills. Down. Those are the yeah. nice little things that are coming through where you're seeing some people fighting back. But that, honestly, I think that's what their goal was. They're trying to make sure that the people that they send out on the streets eventually to give out these fucking forceful vaccinations are loyal. Right? Yeah, yeah it's an obedience test. It's an yeah. obedience test, yeah. I, I mean, that's the way I see it. I could be wrong. But the that's tower is telling you to get the jab, but I'm saying don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm saying stay fucking human, because the second you get that goddamn jab, you're something else. To mm. me, you you, I don't know you, what you, are, you but... reject your humanity. I don't know what you are yet either, but you're not human anymore. Like, I mean, that's very much so, like, me and Tony have talked about this, too, like, back in the day. You're talking about how, um, I think this was Monsanto, or it started, actually, with a different, uh, a different patent, right, where they would say, uh, for the longest time, you couldn't own anything that would be considered life, right? You couldn't own a gene. You couldn't own any, like, in, through patent law. And somewhere around the 70s or 80s, this one company said, well, look, I manipulated it, and so now it doesn't exist in nature. This gene is different. 
So I should be able to patent it and make it my own, right? Um, and so then the court yeah. said, okay, now you can own it, I guess, because it is something different. So then that opened the door for Monsanto, a piece of shit company like that, to say, okay, we now can own this type of potato or we can own this type of tomato or this wheat, right? And so to me, the way I see it, and call me crazy, if you submit to this and you become something different, if you are letting them change your mRNA and they now can, can manipulate your DNA in a certain way, you are something that is not found in nature anymore. You like, are what you eat. You are what you eat, right? We've been eating GMOs this whole time. We've been they've been they've been getting us ready for this, and then they give us this fucking jab, and now you're something else. Now you're something new. Now you're something not found in nature. I think that they could easily make a fucking claim on you. I find I it fascinating. Easy, but I think they could. I think I they think could. They... Tony, this is something. This is like laying groundwork. Yeah, you know what I'm saying like I sound crazy right now. Listen to this in a decade, and they'll be like, "Of course." Uh, one of my saying? close friends in the Mises Caucus actually uh, is convinced that it's actually a biological weapon. I don't think I would. I don't know if I would necessarily go that far, but it is kind of weird that like we didn't have all these variants until we had the vaccine, and. I don't think your friend is far off, dude. Frankly, I don't. Uh, I mean, because if you listen to, there's enough scientists, like, I don't know how much you listen to, like, James Corbett, or if you've listened to any of those guys, like, they've they've brought up, brought up enough of these things where, like, uh, if you listen to the documentary that he put out, Who is Bill Gates? He'll talk to you about how we already knew that anytime you try to make a vaccine for a coronavirus, that it is like um, vaccine enhanced, um, whatever the fuck they call it. Basically, once you like once you get uh, your body reacts again to a coronavirus and your body attacks itself. Right. It's this autoimmune enhanced syndrome, basically. And so like. If you get this fucking vaccine, the next time you encounter one of these things, your body attacks itself and it can make it way worse. Like this is like this is why for years, like they tried to make Corona vaccines and then they were like, ah, this isn't a good idea. Anything, any type of vaccine like for this, like influenza, uh, coronavirus sort of thing. They were like, this is this is actually making people sick. Like the next. Anyways. I think these people know that kind of shit. I think that they're making us dependent. They're trying to get us on this type of like, that's why they're trying to get rid of a control group. That's why they're trying to get rid of anybody that's not going to get this fucking vaccine because we're going to be healthy. We're going to be like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? You know what I mean? And and then the people that are getting this fucking, this vaccine are going to be getting sicker and sicker. You can look at places like Gibraltar where they're saying that like, that is the most heavily vaccinated place. They're like at 97%. Yeah. Yeah, Nearly a hundred percent. And they're closing down for Christmas. They're closing down. I mean, they don't have Thanksgiving, but they're closing down for the holiday season because there's so many outbreaks right now. So what the fuck, man? Like, it clearly doesn't fucking work. So what are we doing? This is about submission, man. I agree with your friend. I think it is a bioterrorism, man. Yeah. Is the government inept or is it evil? Or I guess it's both. Yeah. Oh, that's really what it comes down to. Are these just a bunch of goofballs fucking up or is this on purpose? Yeah, I don't think the government's inept. I mean, 
there's a lot of people that want to control the world right now, and they're the ones doing it, so... I think they like us to think they're... Like, why Why on earth has John Stossel been allowed to fucking plant half-truths for decades? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love true. John Stossel. John Stossel's fucking great. And he'll talk to you, why is government so goddamn stupid? You know? Mm-hmm. And, and he'll fucking tell you, like, uh, like... This costs two million dollars to make this fucking toilet at this public park. Are the toilet seats made yeah, out of pure gold? Because he's a blue pill libertarian. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's a blue pill libertarian, exactly. But that's the type of libertarian they want. Where John Stossel will go out there and say, "God damn it, the government is just so dumb." And you're like, "No, it's not fucking dumb." That person got all that funding and hired their cousin that owns this construction company, and he gave the contract to them. And that company is going to put a bunch of money into his fucking recamp, like his campaign. You know what I mean? It's like they're just doing dirty shit. The government is not stupid; they're fucking evil. Straight up. All right. So how can we tie the uh, the vaccine to the eighth tower, and then we can wrap it up? <laughs> Well, okay, so think about this, uh, in my opinion right here. So what if this AI or, okay, what if the eighth tower cannot really come to our reality physically yet? Like it can manipulate us and in small ways they can like break the barrier and they can affect and they can manipulate, they can hurt us in certain ways. What if they are communicating with the psychopath elite to try to make this world more like the metaverse, right? We're talking about, they're talking about that metaverse right now where we aren't going to be interacting with people physically anymore. Like look at the fucking concert that just happened. Uh, what, what was that place called? Scott. The Travis Scott, uh, what, what was it? Astrodome or whatever. Yeah. Astroworld died or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Astro World. Well, think about how crazy that was, and people got fucking stomped to death, or had heart attacks, or got jabbed, or whatever the fuck happened. And it's all, or was it a satanic fucking ritual? And like they're making it so crazy and so scary. You don't want to go to see a real concert, but do you know that he had just done a concert like before that it was like like exclusively online, where he was like an avatar and shit. No, I, I think that, that they are going to try to push us into this digital world. They're going to try to like uh, think Ready Player Go, mixed yeah. with uh, <laughs> mixed with like uh, uh, like 1984. Okay, like these companies are already dumping millions into this shit. Nike just put like billions of dollars into the metaverse because they want to own their logo, their property in the metaverse. So you're going to have to buy like $50 sneakers like because you won't be able to bootleg regular Nike like shoes and wear it on your avatar in there without giving Nike money. Right. Like yeah. there's businesses that are being created oh, wow. right now in the metaverse. There's billions of dollars that are being sunk right now into this metaverse. This whole crypto thing. I think is also going to be connected deeply into this metaverse. And I think that this is going to be a way for the eighth tower or these ultra terrestrial beings to be able to control us. And I think that the AI is the way that the maybe this ultra terrestrial thing is going to be able to communicate with us and or control us. What do you think about any of that? Am I nuts? I think that is incredibly plausible. 
Um, I think that like if the eighth tower does exist, it's definitely communicating with the psychopathic elites. And I think that that has to, honestly, I think that might be part of the reason why they're so fucked up and evil because if they're in contact, whatever this experience is, or this phenomenon is, it probably is corrupting like in some way and just having like all of that power, like at your disposal. And uh, going back to like, we were talking about the Unabomber manifesto at the beginning. Like there's something about like having all of this material wealth, not having to do anything and just being bored. And like so that boredom is kind of what creates like that the evilness and the weird fetishes that like you wouldn't be able to be obsessed with like drinking blood. If like you'd had to like farm anymore. Like, I don't know. I don't agree with everything that Ted said, but there is something about like, um, the society that we've created for ourselves, like the technocratic society, it tends to lead towards um, just moral degeneration. I think sometimes people fall in love with their ideals too. I think like it can come from a place of like it can come from a place of being a psychopath. And I think there's definitely psychopaths. But I think there's some people who just like they have this idea, like they reject the real instead of like they just gravitate towards the ideal so much. And they can't accept that, like, their ideals don't work to the real world. They don't translate. And they don't know how to integrate them. And then that forms a tyranny. Like, um, like Stalin, maybe he just wanted to modernize Russia. That's all. Like, who doesn't? Why wouldn't you want to do that? But at some point, you got to basically look back and be like, there's a lot of dead bodies here. Like, whatever you do, and it's not worth it. Like... And I think that that's a real... When you have so much power and you don't want to give that up. So I think it's really complicated. I think it's really mixed, like, the good and evil of it. Like, I think there's a lot of good intentions mixed with, like, not wanting to explore, like, the shadow side of stuff. Well, I mean, just the smallest amount of power will corrupt someone so absolutely. I mean, like, you look at, like, the the old ladies at Fred Meyer be like, put a mask on. You should have put a mask on before we came in the store. It's, it's so clear that they get off on being able to tell people what to do. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's pretty fucked. I, so I live in um, a district or county that has one of those places that have a sheriff that calls themselves a constitutional sheriff. And so they are not enforcing any of the mask mandates or any of the jab mandates or any of that kind of bullshit. And um, so I can walk into a store without a mask on right now. And it's pretty fucking yeah. fantastic. Um, but there's a couple businesses that still take it pretty fucking serious. Like, goodwill for all for some fucking reason so like i walked in there um and the guy was like do you have a mask i need you to wear a mask and we we're like don't have one and we just walked past him and so then we were just like you know fucking around and shopping and shit and this old lady came over to us and she was like you absolutely need to wear a mask and this that and the mm-hmm. other and and i was like i was like fine so we put a fucking mask on but we had her nose out and then she comes back and goes you need it you need this to cover your entire face. You can't have your nose out. And I, and then I was like trying to talk to her. I was like, you know, this is absolute bullshit, this, that, and the other. And she's like, well, I'm going to have to ask you to leave if you're not going to put on your mask. And I was like, do you like your job? Like, what are you fucking doing yeah. right now? I was like, you're work, you're some old fucking lady working for Goodwill right now. And you're being a fucking psycho about a mask. And like, like, what is this even about? And she was just like, you need to go right now. And I was like, 
I mean, I basically could have said it was like, well, you can call the sheriff if you if you want. Like, go ahead. And like, he's not going to make me. But I was like, ah, whatever. And so we just took our masks off and said, all right, you bitch, we'll leave. <laughs> we just walked out, you know. But uh, yeah, these people are just nuts, man. They're nuts. Yeah, people love to be in control. Like, um, like years years ago, I did some social work where I was just like helping people out do random things. And they're the worst people with this stuff. Like, it was just basically, like, they would, like, the whole week would be ruined because someone didn't clean their room or something. Like, people with major psychological traumas, doped up on all sorts of pharmaceuticals. Yeah, they didn't clean their room. And that was, like, their thing. Like, they couldn't understand it. And they're just, like, having control over other people. And it's so petty. Like, whether you wear a mask or not. Like, like realistically, too, like, if there's some disease going around where like people were just dropping left and right just like people would naturally wear a mask yeah you wouldn't have to force people to wear a mask if this was as bad as they say it is yeah like okay i was i was listening to i i'm not i don't know if you're familiar with this podcast at all uh uh the dangerous history podcast Um, yeah Oh, yeah. I love Prof. CJ. Yeah, for sure, man. He's great. And he's doing a fucking series on Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow right Wilson. Now. Yeah. And it's it's great, dude. And, I, and I'm I've listened to probably half of it and I'm going back and I'm re-listening to it because now he's like on the eighth episode or some crazy shit. And uh, so I want to hear it all. Yeah, he's just thorough. <laughs> Yeah, he is. He's fucking brilliant, dude. I love the guy. Uh, also, like, dude, anytime you have any questions, hit him up on Twitter and ask him. He fucking always hits me back and answers me. He's a really oh, fucking awesome. friendly, cool dude. Um, he seems like a really chill guy. Yeah. yeah, and he's one of us, man. He's a fucking. He's a libertarian. He's an anarchist, and he's a cool fucking guy. I don't. I don't know how he exists in like academia, but somehow he does, and good for him. And I'm glad he's there. But he's talking. Yeah. Okay, so about Woodrow Wilson, though, he's just like going through like how Woodrow Wilson was as a kid. And like Woodrow Wilson was the type of person that like he started a baseball team and this was like when baseball was brand new and shit. And so he yeah. would he was the type of kid that would like write a constitution for their baseball mm-hmm. team. Right. And he was the type of person that would like write bylaws and then he would force everyone that wanted to be on the team to go to uh, to this clubhouse and have a meeting and they would have to go like once or twice a week. And if somebody like was too loud or they cussed or they were late, they would get charged like a nickel or a quarter or, mm-hmm. you know, all this shit. And, and he fucking, he was saying that like he enjoyed the meetings. He looks back on this as like the best time of his life where he enjoyed having the meetings more than he liked playing baseball. Yeah. You know, and so it was like, this is the type of person that ended up becoming our fucking president. It's like this, like, narcissistic, sociopath, control freak, OCD, with OCD, that, like, these are the type of people that are fucking in charge of us that want literally, like, to fucking tell people, that want to micromanage humanity. For sure. And that is my biggest argument against democracy is, like, that you want that guy in charge of us? Like, I don't even want to have a beer with that guy. I don't even want to fucking hang out with that guy. I definitely don't want to be on his baseball team. Well, that seems well adjusted to me. <laughs> Democracy is fake, man. That's my final take. <laughs> Democracy it, is a see, manifestation of the Eighth Tower. I, I want democracy to be fake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Well, that was a lot of fun, man. Do you want to you want to uh, throw out any last minute plugs and tell people where to find you? 
Uh, I think I pretty much said it already. Uh, thanks for having me. This is this was fun. Definitely would do it again if y'all want to. Um, yeah, you can find us at Oregon underscore Mises underscore Caucus underscore LP on Instagram okay. or on Twitter at LPMC Oregon. So awesome, man. Well, thanks a lot for uh, for joining us. We appreciate your time, and uh, this was a great conversation. Yeah, have a great night, and don't trust the ultra terrestrials. Nah, nah. I'm going to slip into the metaverse and watch The Matrix now.